I'm Simon Blake and this is Just About Coping. This week we hear the conversation with Mike Cherry, OBE, Chairman of the Federation of Small Businesses. The FSB is a membership organisation which supports, connects and campaigns for the rights of small businesses, their owners and the self-employed. You might have heard Mike on the radio or the TV over the last few weeks fighting for their rights during the pandemic. We recorded this conversation back in February, but we did talk about a number of similar themes which I hope will be of interest, including the role small businesses and the self-employed pay in our economy, the positive and negatives that being a small business owner can have on our mental health and well-being, and Mike's own experience of mental ill health and the effects on small business within his family. Of course, many of our fantastic instructor members at MHFA England will be in this self-employed or small business category. So I hope this is an informative podcast for you especially. Mike, thank you very much for inviting uh, us here to talk to you at the Federation of Small Businesses this afternoon. Could you just tell us a little bit about the FSB to to kick off, please? Well, the FSB uh, was established in 1974 on the then vexed issue of the doubling or proposed doubling of class four national insurance for the self-employed. So we were established over 45 years ago now to support the self-employed and then small businesses came on about a decade later. We are the largest business organization in the UK and uh, that gives us a lot of emphasis when we do our survey work to lobby policymakers at all levels. And that can be from uh, Prime Minister in number 10, all the way right down to your local authority uh, and dealing with car parking and potholes and things like that. Thanks very much. FSB born the same year as me. A fantastic year to be born. Um, So, Mike, you are the chairman, uh, the chair. Um, Can you tell us a bit about what that entails on a day-to-day basis? Well, I'm privileged to be the elected chair of FSB and uh, that involves me in, because I do a lot of policy, came in for policy, um, engaging with senior politicians, obviously, and getting our message across from what our members tell us about the major issues of the day. Uh, But also the the nicest bit is getting out to our regions, and we have 12 of those, um, so the three devolved nations, and then nine across um, uh, England, including London, and uh, getting out, meeting members, finding out what their issues are. And of course, at the moment, um, they are really, really struggling in certain areas, so South Wales, the Midlands, and uh, Yorkshire in particular, with all the flooding that we're seeing at present. Absolutely, absolutely. And where did your... Uh, expertise. I'm sure you were elected on the back of expertise in small business. Where did you gain that? Well, pure and simply dealing with the issues that uh, we have faced in my own business and bringing that to the fore on on various policy matters. That's included um, home affairs, that's included finance, and then I was uh, also privileged to be elected for six years as the policy director for FSB before taking up this role. So definitely lots of yourself being uh, attributed to, uh, to, to FSB. So um, thank you, um, Mike. If you were to choose five words or phrases or thereabout um, to describe you, what would they be? That's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, not sure how anybody actually describes themselves. Um, stubborn. I suppose, has to be one of them, um, tenacious, because obviously policy making can take an awful long time to effect change and uh, people need to be helped to understand some of the issues, obviously. 
like to help others, I suppose is one way of describing it. Um, being uh, in the position that I am, it enables uh, myself uh, and, of course, FSB to give all of our members and small businesses generally um, that voice um, that they wouldn't have by themselves. So helping others definitely in there. And wanting to do something else other than just have my own business, if you like. And I think that's reflected through most of our members that they want to give something else and do something else aside from what they do in their business. Okay, thank you. And um, just interested to use the word stubborn as your first uh, word. And quite often, and this may be projection, but stubborn would often be perceived as a negative thing when actually being stubborn can be a really important thing to do when you're doing a role like this. So can you just give us a time when being stubborn was really helpful for you in in this this role? I mean, you used tenacious at the same time, I guess. The two, the two, the the two go hand in hand, basically, because uh, as I've said, policy making can take an inordinate amount of time to achieve change. Mm. Uh, and helping people to understand that by affecting that change, there is a benefit from that, and there's a benefit to helping the environment around which small businesses can thrive and grow. And, of course, that delivers benefits for community, mm -hmm. uh, and it also enables the local economy and the wider economy to flourish. Uh, and at the end of the day, that's what we all want, because then you get all of the stuff around... Uh, climate change, the environment, and the social elements that people want uh, throughout their lives. So you can't get everything else without having thriving business. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, obviously, uh, small, medium-sized businesses are, are yeah, a really fundamental part of that thriving economy. But if you just talk to us a little bit about the unique perhaps opportunities that being self-employed or running a small business bring when it comes to well-being to mental health and to bringing your whole self into work i think it brings a lot of opportunities particularly for those who may be suffering or struggling with mental health issues or indeed any other uh, disability and i think that's one of the great things that small businesses generally as we found from repeated surveys have a very supportive environment in which their employees can come to work but for self-employed it gives them the flexibility of being able to choose how they cope with whatever uh, they may be struggling with, uh, whether that be mental illness, whether it be depression, whether it be bipolar issues and other disabilities, that they are able to choose the hours they work, perhaps the days they work to cope with whether there's a problem uh, they have to um, deal with on a particular day and they can bring that flexibility into how they operate being self-employed and if you were to think about you talked about you sort of knowing people the small close-knit um, communities that clearly also has potentially some flip side challenges to it as well so are there are there challenges around mental health small business bringing your whole self to work on the flip side of those opportunities yeah, I think everybody who uh, either runs a small business or is self-employed um, will accept that there is stress around that, whatever it may be. And of course, that can be exacerbated uh, if you are then faced with people not paying you on time, for instance, that can cause massive problems mm. uh, and, and certainly stress and mental health issues over and above what you'd normally be expecting. 
Um, but I think uh, generally, you know, you, you just have to make sure that um, uh, you have that supportive cohort around you, whether it be in a small business, the employees feel that they're able to go and talk to the boss, mm-hmm. um, which would normally happen in a small business in any case, because we know our people very well. Yeah. If you're self-employed, uh, depending on the sector that you're in, then you've got other people like-minded around you. If you're working from home, that's a little bit more difficult. Uh, and of course, knowing like-minded people or being able to get out of the home environment, being able to uh, engage with others. Uh, and of course, for FSB, that means you can always support others by um, networking with us and, and reaching out to others. You just talked there about late payment. This feels like, uh, you know, so my, my mother uh, used to work in a four-person business. So what was I, 1974, I probably first became aware of late payments in somewhere like 79. It feels like one of those issues which has never gone away and clearly causes huge amounts of stress and anxiety for your members. It does, and I think what you've seen over, I mean, you mentioned the 70s, um, in those days, certainly in my own experience, and for most of our members, I suspect, you were normally paid on time, uh, and on time for those in trade probably meant end of month following supply or delivery of of the goods or services that you were uh, supplying your customers with. That has slipped and slipped and slipped over the last two or three decades. And you've now got um, large corporates um, just imposing terms. We see many members struggling. Um, Well over three quarters of them have said that they, they struggle with late payment issues. And that can mean that you are having to take terms of 90 days, sometimes more. Often uh, people say that they pay 60 days, but that can be from end of month of supply, which ends up being almost 90 days. And we really do have to change this culture that has crept in over the last two or three decades and get back to recognising that supporting our supply chains gives a benefit to the bottom line. And of course, from the business owner's point of view or the self-employed individual's mental health, that can have a massive impact if you are having to wait for the money and you're having to pay either employees or pay your own bills. It often means that you can't and too often it causes businesses to go bust. It's as fundamental as that. Absolutely. So it feels like it's one of those issues which we have more understanding of the negative impact and yet, as you're saying, an increasing trend towards late payment within your networks and circles are there ways that people are supporting each other or things that are in chain to try and address what feels like an absolutely fundamental issue well clearly fsb is here to support our members and we will take up individual cases with large businesses if we need to and government if some of the government departments or other bits of government in the public sector Mm -hmm. are, are causing our members concern And I think that's one of the great strengths of FSB. We have been able to uh, get people to understand that it is not good practice, it's not good governance, it doesn't fit with what society um, would expect of business these days. And that culture has to change. And I think, you know, at long last, we're beginning to get some traction both within government and within the uh, wider business community that it is no longer acceptable and culture has to change. And just because... Probably most people listening, if they're anything like me, will not have any sense of 
the proportion of people who work in small business or self-employed. Presumably you have some numbers at your fingertips in terms of, of what sort of percentage of the adult population yeah, works I, in small business. I, I think it's important that people actually realise just how important that is. And it's 60% of the private sector workforce work in small businesses or okay. are self-employed. 50% of GDP overall is down to small businesses. So we play an invaluable role, both within society and the wider economy, but also within all the different supply chains mm. um, that are, are around across all sectors. So if you think about self-employed, where we, where we started, and about bringing your whole self to work as a self-employed individual, you kindly said yeah, that you believe the campaign is important, that it is important that we can bring our whole self to work. What does it actually mean if you're self-employed or, or in, a, in a small business to do that, to take your whole self into the workplace? I think it actually means that you've got trust and confidence that if you uh, bring your whole self into the environment in which you're working as a self-employed individual or indeed within your uh, the business as an employee, that you are able to talk about matters. Um, you're able to engage with those you're working with and, and be open. And I think that's the important thing, that people shouldn't feel constrained these days. Mm. We have moved on a long, long way since the 60s and 70s when I started in business. And I think that's um, absolutely great, and it's where we need to be. Mm. So people do feel confident enough to be able to speak about any issues. And of course, um, if you are struggling as a self-employed person, then that has an impact back home on your family. Mm -hmm. um, you may not feel comfortable with mentioning it, perhaps, because there could be an impact on family life or on your partner. Um, and I think it's important that you do uh, reach out to those around you and uh, feel confident enough to raise issues. Mm. And FSB is obviously leading the way. I just used the bathroom and saw a sign which said, you know, if, if staff are worried, anxious, that A, there's a support line, but also there's mental health first aiders. How, how did it come into your attention here that mental health was, was really an issue which needed to be addressed? Well, clearly mental health at work and helping our members to reach out to their employees or, or have enough confidence if they're self-employed to try and seek some support and help uh, is absolutely crucial. And one way of uh, achieving that is to put first aiders in place on mental health issues in particular, but more generally to provide that supportive element. And FSB, because we are very clear at lobbying policymakers, we have a very strong uh, ethos and belief that um, we need to be leading that. We cannot do it behind the curve, so to speak. We have to be actually showing uh, what we are um, encouraging others to adopt. And you're specifically the FSB uh, chairman's charity. What is that at the moment? Uh, that is uh, Heads Together. Um, so it's under the uh, Royal Foundation and uh, delighted that we adopted that for my tenure uh, which is a three-year tenure yeah um, and I also am privileged to sit on the um, thriving at work leadership council as well so able to get that reach and uh, spread the message more widely for those people who don't know what the thriving at work leadership council is do you want to just say a little bit about that as well 
Indeed, that is a, a group of large businesses, and obviously it includes uh, FSB, uh, which is basically there to help spread the message. Um, we work with Mind on that as well, and it came out of the Pharma Review, mm. um, which is encouraging um, right across all sectors, but particularly in certain ones like construction, for instance. It reaches into the public sector as well, so NHS are, are on board. Uh, and just making sure that people understand that it is good to talk at work and, and to bring full self, if you like, into the working environment in, in ways that help them to uh, deal with any issues they may have. So clearly you are um, absolutely walking the talk yeah, on, on, on all of this uh, issue. Mike, you talked about yeah, the impact on the family when there are mental health issues in the workplace and you obviously have some personal experience of that which I'm sure drives some of that fire in, in your belly. Do you want to just, you've talked about your father before, do you want to just say a little bit about that your experience of your father's mental health at work and what that meant? Yeah, I suppose when we were younger, um, we didn't really appreciate what it meant. All we knew was that father would go away for two or three weeks and uh, was away, if you like. Um, nobody ever really explained what the problem was, but um, uh, as we got older, we could see that it was very severe depression mm -hmm. and um, uh, that we could see it when that was likely to occur and uh, it meant that he had to go away for treatment which obviously had an impact on the business itself mm -hmm. um, one of the reasons i left at uh, 16 to join the business and to try and support the family in 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 that sort of way and i think you realize then that the family struggles to cope um, when you have either father mother partner or whoever it may be um, away but I think also it has a, a, an impact on the business and on the employees. You know, mm. if, if that individual is not doing what they would normally be doing, there's mm. nobody else there to cover for them. Yeah. So again, it, it's almost self-perpetuating on the individual concerned because they have that added pressure, that added stress of, okay, I've got problems with the business now. Mm. Uh, I know I'm going to be out of um, work for two or three weeks, whatever it may be that they have to take time out if it's that sort of mental seriousness and it also um, they're worried about what happens with the family as well but we've also seen this from the employee's side where we've had an employee a uh, very young person who suffered from a, an, an aneurysm and we were able fortunately to give the family whatever support we could because it happened almost overnight they were mm. distraught mm. but again it took one person out of the business yeah and uh, you can't just find somebody just like that so mm. again all the other employees have to rally around and try and cover that off whilst the um, person is hopefully um, able to recover perhaps yeah and as you say then the, some of the issues around money you know, exacerbate well-being, etc. So it can feel really, really significant. So Mental Health First Aid England has instructed membership of which many, hopefully, will be listening to your wise words uh, here. So, and they will be self-employed, lots of them, or operating on a small sort of associate consultancy. So if you were to give them any pearls of wisdom any advice about how to look after their well-being 
or indeed anybody else who's who's listening here who may be self-employed or part of a small business, what would your best advice be? Well, first and foremost, um, don't hide it. Try and find someone you feel confident enough to talk to and have the confidence to be able to do that. I think that's the first thing. Mm. And uh, clearly, you know, there is FSB. It's there to help members, but also recognise that there are other uh, areas of help that you can try and go to. But don't be afraid. Mm. Um, I think my first message, don't be reticent about uh, worrying that you can't talk about it. Just find someone that you can engage with. And so if people did want to reach out to FSB, how would they do that? Do you have to be a member? Do you have a helpline? What, for some people, I mean, I'd say from a, a place of, of ignorance about how you would get that support. So there will be um, information that is available and you don't necessarily have to be a member. Um, find someone who may be a member and they can probably find out how to point you in the right direction at least. Um, mm. But also there are other uh, avenues that you can take. Um, I mean, these days, most people, I would hope, are, are aware that mental health issues can be addressed uh, mm. and uh, can point you somewhere. Mm. So one of the things that I often hear when I hear people talking, whether that's in a charity, whether it's in a small business, is it's all very well to talk about this mental health stuff, this well-being things. Um, we haven't got the money or the resources to... You know, give people time, let them go on the training. What would you say to that? I think it's incredibly difficult for a small business. Um, I think what we need to be making sure is that um, through FSB and others, um, small businesses know where they can go and get that help from because they can't do it themselves. There's mm. a, very few who can unless they're actually in that particular sector mm. or, or know specifically how to access that support. Uh, and that comes down often to communication. And um, here, obviously, FSB is calling on government to be more open about where business can go and get that support. That's the information we will be pushing out to our members. Mm. And I think, you know, we just need to be very, very clear that we don't need to be told um, you must do this because clearly small businesses and self-employed don't necessarily have the resource to do it, time to do it, money perhaps but recognise where they do uh, and can access that support and help. You talked just before we um, started recording, which was that lovely resource, which is the human relationships. The, the, to recognise that we've got those relationships and we will know people better than uh, often is the case in those larger organisations. And we will often know where people are well and not well because we'll know them better that's my sort of sense uh you know of it but is there anything that you would add to that about that ability to know people and what benefit that brings to our ability to support them i think it brings a huge benefit and most small businesses invariably um, want to keep their employees we value them um, mm. as, a, as a key element of the business you can't work without them for goodness sake and therefore, knowing more about their family life, uh, about any problems they may have, engaging with them on a day-to-day -day basis, it, it's much easier in a small business. I'll 
accept that. But also it is a much more friendly and supportive environment in a small business because you, you're engaging daily. And if you know uh, an employee has got problems, you can be more flexible, whether it be problems at home, whether it be mental health themselves, whether it be problems with their kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just finding a way forward. And this is why, you know, often... Um, a regulatory big stick is not the best way to support small businesses either. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just to move on a little bit and thinking about, as I said, that my whole self is really about how diversity, being true, being authentic, aids and fuels well-being. So in the context of small business, how important is a diverse workforce um, and yeah, is there any work that you've been doing within FSB about diversity in the workforce? Well, there's some work being done around women-led businesses. Can you talk to us a bit about that and why it's important? Well, I think the, the, there are distinct um, issues that uh, women in business find, whether that be around access to finance or any other issues. Mm. The fundamental policy issue remains the same, whatever business you're in. But uh, for specific sectors like women in business, like BAME, uh, like LGBT+, there are very specific areas that they might have concerns about. And I think that's one of the great things about FSB. You know, we manage to support those businesses uh, and the individuals within FSB, perhaps. And one of my goals, one of FSB's goals, is to make sure that we are uh, very representative of the complete business community, which means we uh, uh, continue to look at our diversity and inclusivity uh, and make sure it is uh, open to all. And so 20, 30 years ago, the idea of two men sat in the room at FSB talking about well-being, mental health, diversity, LGBT+, black and minority, ethnic, women-led business, probably wouldn't have been something that the chair at the time either would have been doing or, or thinking about. If you were to look forward to I know, what, 2050 and the person who's sitting in your seat, then what would you hope they would be saying about small businesses and mental health, diversity and inclusion? Well, they, I would hope, probably don't need to talk about it because all the support mechanisms are there. People know where to go for it. They know it, it's something that they can easily discuss with colleagues, with uh, their employer or, or wherever it may be. And I think just being an open society that uh, uh, people don't feel restricted, whatever um, it is that is an issue. Uh, and um, we don't need to have these discussions, perhaps. We're so good at it, we don't need to talk about it. That's a good dream. One of the things which we know people often really struggle with, and even more so when you feel as though you've got nobody else you can rely on or very few people you can rely on, is switching off. Um, And the Mental Health at Work report showed that an increasingly always-on culture is contributing to poor mental health and the economic cost of poor mental health presenteeism, absenteeism, going on holiday, you know, all of those sorts of things. What do you think we can do to help or what do you think as individuals we can do for ourselves to ensure that our brains get a rest, that we do switch off and give ourselves a break? 
well for self-employed and many small business owners um, that is not something that you do um, and it's certainly not something you, you are easily able to do and I think recognizing that fact and trying to almost self-control um, that uh, you get a good night's sleep and aren't waking up in the early hours because you've got a, a mental issue because you haven't got the payment coming in whatever it may be mm -hmm. um, is important and I think um, just trying to uh, take a step back yourself and recognizing if issues are getting on top of you and if need to be going and talking to somebody about it and so as the man at the top of this organization can you just give us a brief insight into how you make sure you sleep well and get the rest uh, in between traveling to the nine regions the three country four well, the three other countries and the one we're currently sat in <laughs> I think one of the great things is um, getting out, talking to our members, um, engaging with others on, on policy issues and just feeling, yeah, I've done something to help others today is, is a great way to help me. Okay, so you rest by working. Is that what you just told us? Oh, yep. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, not sure that's the way that I wanted this podcast to end. So come on, Logan. Well, I think, I, I, I think, what did you do on Sundays? I, I, <laughs> think, I think the great thing is that um, in this role, it is so completely different to uh, in my own business that the two are mutually supportive. And of course, then uh, whatever time off I have with my wife and family uh, at home adds to being able to deal with that. Brilliant. The last sentence was the saviour on that one. So spending time with the family is the way that you rest and recuperate. So, Mike, FSB has some resources and some materials that are helpful for others. Can you just say what is available? Yeah, on our website for members, um, we've got the support papers there around it's okay to talk, uh, whether that be in your workplace or, or whether it be as a self-employed member or, or person and then specifically for members we have a, a great offer which is called FSB Care and that enables you to talk to professionals uh, whether it be uh, around any illnesses you may have whether it be around mental health issues you have uh, and get some actual support there and it proves invaluable. Mike, thank you very much for allowing us to come here and talk to you. I think yeah, it is a real credit to your leadership that uh, yeah, mental health is so firmly on the agenda at the FSB. And I hope that people will take inspiration from that because clearly wherever we work, it's really, really important that you know, we look after ourselves. We are able to feel comfortable about who we are and where we are. So yeah, all credit to you for, for the work that you're doing to make that possible. Thank you very much. But if you need help, talk to someone wise words thank you so thank you for listening to my conversation with mike cherry of the federation of small businesses it's so clear how passionate mike is about supporting small businesses and self-employed people in this country it's also clear what an effect lack of prompt payments has on the well-being of supply chains and small businesses. Since I spoke to Mike, the FSB has released free advice and guidance on COVID-19 for small businesses and the self-employed, including a webinar, FAQs and further resources. They've also got lots of other resources about well-being on their website. All of these will be in the description, so please do check them out. Remember also to check out the My Whole Self campaign and our new guidance around working from home, which is available on our website, mhfaengland.org. 
Please do take the time to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you let us know how you're enjoying this series using the hashtag Just About Coping. For now, I'm Simon Blake. I'm still sat at my kitchen table. Thank you for coping with us.